Hey y'all, my name is Trip, and this is my podcast, Tripping with Trip. In the words of the Grateful Dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. As a middle-aged gay man, single for the most part, I've worked in a variety of careers, and I've been fortunate to have lived in some of the most exciting cities in the United States. Through my experiences, I have met some fun, fabulous, and fascinating people along the way. People in media, hospitality, art, design, farming, yes, farming. The list goes on. The journeys continue. With this podcast, I will introduce you to artists, collaborators, entrepreneurs, influencers, and unique personalities from all walks of life. I've decided to give you a brief timeline of where I've been and how I got here to Texas, followed by a fabulous interview by a former co-host of a podcast I had begun on the East Coast, but had to shelf due to COVID and quarantine here in Texas. The podcast was called Trip and Larry, and my co-host's name was Laurie Pigeon of uh, Instagram um, account Hudson Valley Happenings. She had such a hand on the pulse of the Hudson Valley, and after our interview. I turned off the recorder and she said, you know what? I've been wanting to get into podcasting for a long time. And I know through what you've done in the Hudson Valley and what I've done, we could really pull in a lot of very unique, interesting, fascinating people. And um, would you be interested in the possibility of co-hosting a podcast with me? And of course, I jumped on the opportunity because she's just so fun, fabulous. We had a great chemistry and um, the few interviews we did do were so much fun and everyone uh, involved said gosh that was just the greatest time you asked the best questions and you have the funnest chemistry and we just can't wait to see what's going to happen so um, unfortunately that had to come to an end as I came to Texas and quarantine and transitioned my podcast from the East Coast to Texas. But this interview will give you a great idea of who I am and everything that happened before I got to Texas. Tripping with Trip. Yay! Oh my God! Okay. Is this your first interview? Yeah. Wow. I'm kind of Drum excited. Roll, please. Okay. God. So do we want to count down? Um, yeah, you can do the countdown. Oh my God. It's yours, baby. What is it? Four. Four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone. All you crazy, wild, amazing, boring, unique individuals and just plain old Fabulous people. Fabulous. No funny dudes in this crowd. No funny dudes in this crowd. So Mm -mm. here we are today. I am Larry and I am Trip. Would you like to introduce? I am Trippin'. Yeah. So everyone that listened to our interview last time, Trip got to interview me. So now that that I'm on the other side of the mic, we thought the best course of action would be for me to interview you, Trip. Wow. And I can get into your closets and while you dance with your skeletons. Oh. Skeletons are sexy. Absolutely. Right? Heroin sheep. Better. Right? I like battle scars. Do you want a bone? 
Every day is Halloween. I know. <laughs> Hilarious. We're actually in Tripp's um, place called Barn on the Pond. If you remember last time, we kind of talked about this is how we met. I had my birthday parties here. And two. would you, yeah, two birthday parties. But what you don't know is that this is an end of a chapter for you. Yeah, well, possibly. It's sweet. It ain't over till the fat lady sings. So, um, we are, I put it up for sale and we had um, two potential buyers and uh, we might have narrowed it down to one. Hopefully we shall see TBD. So it could be. Don't want to jinx it. So I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it, but we can talk about Barn on the Pond. Yes. We can and the talk. the times that we've had and hopefully the torch will be passed. So I, so I want to know, you know, I know a little bit about you, but I want to get deeper with you. Yeah. Um, we actually don't know each other all that well. My no. interview on you, I was just like, oh, wow. I had no idea how far this went. So my first question to you that I'm most interested in is what, like, where did you start? Well, I was born in Roswell, New Mexico. I'm a child of the desert, so I'm far from home here. Um, E.T. phone home. Oh, yes. I don't have a belly button and I was born in an egg. Okay, good. Yay. Actually, guys, that makes so much sense to me right now. It explains a lot, right? It explains a lot. Um, so yeah, born and raised in, in uh, Roswell, New Mexico, but my mom was from Dallas. And so we juggled back and forth between big city Dallas during the summers and um, small town New Mexico, where my dad's from. So people hear Roswell, New Mexico, and they're immediately thinking like, you know, people on the streets dressed as aliens. Like, is it like that? Like, do you have memories? of? It wasn't. It, it's always been kind of like our Loch Ness monster and people, and, you know, people always knew about it. It and you had the, you know, the big paper, newspaper headline from the day it happened. Um, but it didn't, I think it was, I think it was the X-Files. Yeah, the X-Files. Do yeah, you, do you, I, don't really I don't remember the, put it the on the theme, map. But people started coming from all over. They built a UFO museum. Now, were um, you still living there at that time? Yes, you I were. was. You yeah. were. It was always part of our, you know, our, our myth and our history. But that show put us on the map. I mean, we used to laugh at it. But we have the White Sands Missile Range right up the street where they built the atomic bombs. Um, Roswell was built as an Air Force base. It has one of the very few airports with 12 feet of concrete, which oh. my dad helped build when, build when he was a kid. Um, and it was built because there, it literally, there's nothing around. So if we were to be invaded by the Russians back then or whoever, um, they would know they're coming from miles away because there ain't nothing around us. We're a small town, but unlike a lot of small towns, there's nothing for hours around. So we are very isolated. So I personally have only been to New Mexico a couple of times, but the one thing that I remember about, um, you know, that I compared to New Mexico to the Hudson Valley is the skyscape. Oh my God, the sunsets are incredible. Phenomenal. The yeah. stars. How are the stars? Yeah, the star. I mean, you could you see a flying star there once about every five minutes. I think it's something about the atmosphere. It's a lot clearer, so you can see a lot further. But the stars are like a blanket. I you never like even here in the Catskills, you don't even know how many stars. There are so many more layers of you know twinkling stars out there. Yeah. It's insane. It's beautiful. I think that was one of the reasons they chose it for the Air Force Base as well. Now, do you think that that kind of had a, um, a a play on you that you like looking at those stars as a kid, like to dream big? 
to yeah. sort of like always think what else is out there, especially, I mean, think about it. You live, you grew up with aliens. You grew up with like <laughs> this vast scar shape. I mean, you know, did it kind of make you realize that anything could be possible? Yeah. So now you were in Roswell. Mm -hmm. um, when did you move? How? So I went to, uh, through ninth grade in Roswell and then 10th through 13th grade, I went to military school there in Roswell. Oh, wow. Yes. Why? Why military school? Um, well, I think your my choice, parents, your parents we were choice? very focused on getting a good education. So it was choice of military school there or private school in Dallas. My mom um, and dad were both, uh, they both met at University of Texas. My dad went to Stanford. <gasps> Stop it. Yes. Did uh, you know that my mom went to University of Texas as well? Did she really? Yes. Oh okay. my God. Serendipitous. Uh, See, we're just, you guys are like literally watching the unfolding of an onion right now. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Truly. So, so um, now were you a wild child? So there's nothing had to do with, you know, that you were crazy. Oh, it, he's nodding his head. Yeah. People. <laughs> I don't know how it all began, but some friends and I, neighbors and friends, we used to um, sneak out at night after our parents were asleep, crawl out the windows, push the car out of the parking lot and oh start it down the it's street. sixth grade? In the sixth grade. Oh I my God. Believe. One time we even pretended like we were our parents picking our friends up from school. Oh my God, did you get bumps <laughs> and like sit on books? My mom had these little wigs with built-in tennis fighters. Stop it. So we were sitting Did you give like a beep beep? Beep, beep. We did. We, hey, we Brenda. We were so sly. We're yeah. like, you know, no one sees us. Oh, my yeah. God. And we're picking our friends up from school. Yeah. Apparently, someone's parent saw us. And so oh, yeah. That's a very skinny. Was Pat. They're like, Pat, was that you yeah. in the red station? Pat's mom, lost a mom lot of like, weight. No, I was out of town. That is definitely not me. Yeah. It wasn't just but, one yeah, car. Yeah, my neighbors had a Trans Am. That was the funnest. Stop oh, my it. God. You yeah. literally took out the Trans Am? Yeah, the Trans Am. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I'll find that. Divulging not easy. You should give like a public apology right I know, now to yeah, those people. Sorry, and I'm not going to say your names that you know who you are. Yeah, I'm you're sorry. Listening to this. I'm really sorry. Mm, We're a wild yeah. child. So from there, military, military. school. <laughs> <laughs> It's a natural progression. <laughs> it's a natural progression. Still faking adult school They said school it was for the education. Up. It was to get yeah. out of the goddamn house. Oh my All God, right. you're totally making me rethink my okay. whole story. My whole no, life story. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I love you're it. like, get it's this okay. kid in military school. Yeah. You need some discipline. Okay, now did it help? Did you like military school? I Yeah, well, yeah, we became, um, and this is part of why I have Barn on the Pond. My parents were so, most of the kids there uh, was required boarding. So you had to live there. And most of the kids there were from um, all over the world. It was such a great introduction to people from to all culture. over. Yes. To culture. Yeah. 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 And other, you know, other Especially places. coming from a tiny little town like yes. Roswell, right? I think that's another thing. My, my Both my parents, they really wanted me to travel, to get out there, to get educated, to get outside yeah. of the small town mentality. But... My my dad definitely did not want me growing up in Dallas. You know, my mom really missed Dallas, but he did not want me having that rich kid, you know, growing up in the big city, you know, right. and I think he was very smart to do that. And my parents were gracious enough to host all my fellow cadets. They basically became, like you know, the family. surrogate family, Aww. you know. So for like holidays, Christmas, things yeah, like that. Yeah, furloughs, we called them. We had weekends Aww. away. And so we, you know, we would... We'd have uh, we had a backyard with the fence. Then we had a huge vacant lot behind our house. We ended up building a fire pit like we have out here at the barn, um, pitching tents, and we and Aww. and it yeah it got wild and crazy. And I was like basically the hub. We all 
intermingle beautifully together. And a lot of us are still in touch to this day, you know, on Facebook and stuff. We just became a really big, happy family. And my parents were part of that. And they were so kind to these guys. And they were like, wow. I mean, they really, when my mom died in 95, they were like, she was like a mother to me. I mean, seriously. So they really loved community. They loved like sharing kindness. You know, it's that that good old I mean, that explains a lot about you, though. It really yeah, does because you're very, very much like that is having those backyard experiences, the fire pit, that, that place, those, those gatherings. Is that kind of what made you decide to open up Barn on the Pond, like to have a space like that for your, you know, for yourself or to offer others? Yeah. Well, I moved from New Mexico to Dallas College, Dallas to Hollywood for 10 years. Um, what did you do in Hollywood? Uh, I worked in, I studied film and television in college and then went and worked in film and television in Like, Hollywood. like feature films? Yeah, or? feature films, commercials, music videos. Wow. What did you do? Um, I did everything from art department to assistant um, production office coordinating, which was a total, I, I learned very quickly that that was not for me. That doesn't sound really, say that again. No. Um, say it's office, well, it was pro- office production. APOC, um, people in the business will know, assistant production office coordinator. <laughs> Anything with the word coordinator, I'm always leery. Yeah, like what, what, what like, are you coordinating? Yeah. That just means well, you're running around and getting a lot of the stuff together. Yeah. Well, you're, you're an office boy, basically a guy Friday. Right. Um, and um, that ended when uh, I, I put the deal memos on a movie called Lily in Winter and you can look it up. It was pretty much an all-star cast of A-list actors, um, including Marla Gibbs from the Jeffersons. Um, who is, anyway, um, um, but I uh, put, I accidentally put the wrong deal memos in the wrong FedEx envelopes. And so a lot of the actors found out what the demands were on set, what their salaries were. No. Yeah. So that kind of ended, ended that, that career, career in a very, in a very finalized way. Oh, and yeah, yeah. You're that doing, sealed what, the deal, honey. You have been voted off the island. <laughs> off the island for good. Immediately. You are, black you are in fired. Goodbye yeah, and goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, I mean, so, I'm learning okay, so this. I'm learning this Hollywood pattern. I like to, it. Okay. Yeah. And then I got a job. Um. You know, doing uh, what then was multimedia CD-ROMs, which turned into DVDs. The DV. I was an animator in After Effects. I did the menus. Oh my God, you are a man of many hats. Yeah. Yeah. You really so are. That job brought me here to New York, and, and then, that was the city. So you were in the city. Now, how, yeah, old, how, old, you, how, you, how old are you at this time? <sighs> That was 99. Okay. So, so 99 coming. So those. now you were in LA, Hollywood and you yeah, moved to New York City. Yes. How I went th- to UCLA. Um, so I worked in the film industry for years and then this whole thing called multimedia came up and I was like, that's what I want to do. It was basically what's now the internet. It was the beginning of that. So I uh, quit my uh, job in, in, um, uh, in the film industry and started working at the Starbucks in Larchmont Village, which is where a lot of the Hollywood studios are there, Warner Brothers and all of the other ones. And um, And I went to... UCLA, what they call the multimedia program. But I got a job with um, um, producer Ken Calais, who is the producer for Fleetwood Mac, who's kind of like my mentor. He's started doing CD-ROMs. He did um, a, a lot of like Bonnie Raitt, Jackson Brown. No, no. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people that are listening probably, you know, most of you don't even know what a CD-ROM is. Let's be honest. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's so we true. are probably sounding like wah, 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 Oh, God. Wah. So oh, explain yeah. what, what it is. What, what, what did you actually do? So were you creating CDs? Were 
were you putting so, film on digital films onto CDs for? Yeah, I learned animation at okay. UCLA, which is how. And then I got this internship through UCLA with King Kale. Um, and we were basically my first title was No Doubts, Just a Girl where you buy the single on a CD. They're like these little silver platters that you put in your um, in your computer and you could play the song. Or if you had the proper hardware in your computer, you could play the animated menus. You know, the um, you could play the bios. They would do, you know, little... Yes, exactly. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was so cool. So you started working for him and then there was opportunities in New York City like to continue well, working for him? Well, I went him. from him to a DVD company because I really wanted to go from CD-ROM and DVDs and they didn't do that. And there were, I had to commute from Hollywood to Malibu every day. How long to get is that? To him. That was like an hour each way. It was with, with traffic in or LA without? traffic. Yeah. It's okay. Fierce. So there was something closer to home. Um, started working in the DVD industry in West Hollywood and back in the dot com era when they were just throwing money at you, they were, they said uh, they were opening offices in London, San Francisco, and New York. That was right at the end of the big boom. And then the dot bomb yeah. happened. Yeah. yeah. That was like in 2000 or something. Um, but it got me to New York City, which I'd always wanted to do. Now, was that a culture shock going from? So so we got Roswell. Mm. Then you went to LA Dallas. and then or Dallas, mm -hmm. then LA and then New York City. That time in New York City, everything was possible. You could be discovered. You could change your life. That grittiness it added was something. Amazing, right? It really did you was. find that as well? Absolutely, you did. Yeah, totally. Like it made you just dig down deep and drive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I didn't know a soul, and I'm like, oh gosh, okay, we're gonna have to do something fast here. Mm -hmm. well, so we yeah, trip, you do that. You were, you were well, pretty fast. Yeah, it took a while. It took a couple. You know. Years. So I. I, a friend of mine from Hollywood had moved here before me, and he was uh, um, dirt poor when I knew him in Hollywood. Didn't have a car. Um, moved to New York. This was back in the startup days. One thing led to another. They sold. He partnered with a guy from Harvard. They they sold a couple of companies. He got a little money in his pocket, and he got, got a place in Phoenicia. And he said, Tripp, you've got to visit my place in Phoenicia sometime. So I came to the Catskills, and I'm like, my God. How long have you been living in New York City when you when you took your first trip um, to the Catskills? I moved in 99, and I think I discovered the Catskills in about 04. Oh, okay. So you were in the city for a while before you even ventured up here. Yeah, no. Oh, that was the thing. I'm like, I just could not believe something like this was so close to um, to New York. And eventually it's just like, oh my gosh, it would be really cool um, to have a place up here someday and just kind of like put that on my bucket list. Now, when did you open your doors? When did, when did Bart and the Tom actually open their doors and start receiving guests? We started uh, a soft opening in about 2010 and then w moved on to doing things uh, like opening the LLC and the rentals and the wedding wire and all that stuff in 2011. In 2011. Yeah. And then like um, you, we said before off, uh, you know, off podcast that this place was sort of inspired by your mom. Yes. Right. And can we get into a little bit about that? Yeah. So my mom... Before she met, my dad was a luxury travel agent in Dallas, and uh, she traveled all over the world and brought all brought back all sorts of cool tchotchkes and stuff. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool to, you know, share my mom's hospitality and, you know, her, you know, basically her vibes. And, and then and kind of bringing her into this space and letting yeah. her live on. Yeah, it's kind of an ode to my mom. Oh, that's and, my, and my dad, is, you know, they were both wonderful people and just um, instilled a lot of great values 
and me. And uh, I, I just wanted to share that Texas hospitality with other people. Oh, so, yeah. You know, so you think that that's, it was almost like it, it put you to college for like, yeah, you know, oh like a business yes, degree? Absolutely. Really? I've got a, a degree like in life, experience. Like life college. Life degrees mm-hmm. in so many facets of life. It, it's It's been a fascinating, fun, but stressful journey. I mean, at times yeah. it was just like, I didn't know if I was going to make it. You know? What so? What are you going to miss most about the bottom of the pond? Ah, oh, the community, but the collaborators. You know, just having be able to co-create an experience for people with private chefs, massage therapists, yoga people, DJs, photographer. You know, just say it's just so gratifying when someone comes to you and says, "I literally had the best." memory of my life for the best weekend of my yeah. life. I will. I we can't will, imagine that. I think that's the barn amazing. was a character in the entire weekend and we just can't thank you enough for that. And I'm just like, wow, that's, it's kind of like creating a movie, but in real life, like yeah. it's an experience that you never thought you could ever have. Well, it's a trans, it's a transformative space. It is absolutely. You know what I mean? Like that's whenever I, I look at it, it transforms it you. It, it, it yeah. gives you rest where you need it. It gives you energy where you, where you need it. Like it, it do, really kind of does its own work on each individual. Well, one of the reasons I'm able to exit the barn with a little bit of confidence is I, I've, I've been looking to pivot, you know, after your 50th birthday, you do, I didn't have a midlife crisis, but a reevaluation. But a soul like, search kind of? Yeah. Like, right. how, but also I want to share all this amazing, you know, from the media experience that I've had all the job in, in, in this experience in the barn, I learned a shit ton. I met a lot of really cool people. Right. So like, how do I harness all this and like somehow give it back? But also, I kind of wanted to be, you know, make people laugh and do other things, maybe write, you know, like explore the more artistic side because this has been more business. The other part of me has been working on a farm in Texas, a nonprofit farm and artist residency, a sustainable farm and artist residency between Austin and San Antonio. And we, they, they have two facets, kind of like I have facets here. I'm on the board there and I'm helping them out because I'm kind of the barn trained me uh, with events in one area and lodging in the area, other area here at the barn were two very disparate parts that you had to bring together um, and you had to figure out how to do that. Now, what is what is the name of your space in? Is it, is it with San Antonio, Houston? What, what yeah, it's between Austin and San Antonio. It's called Habitable Spaces in Kingsbury, Texas. Uh, and they you they have the farming aspect and the artist's residency aspect. Allison's an amazing chef. Part of her gift to her, the farmers and the artists at the end of the day is um, they collect vegetables and meats from, you know, from the farm that they raise. And she cooks a meal at the end of every night. And those traditional family dinners around the table we're so fascinating artists and farmers from all over the world talking to each other. The art of conversation. And yeah. Yeah. The art of conversation. The art of conversation. Around. It's just so, you know, cause I left the house at the age of 13 and didn't, you know, we would have family meals, but not all that often. So it's just so amazing to sit around the table and talk, have amazingly gratifying conversation every single night with food that's picked yeah. fresh from the garden. I mean, it makes such a difference flavor-wise, served with love. And, yeah. You know, and... Uh, well, you're feeding your soul and your body. Yeah. Like, how beautiful is that? It's chicken soup for the soul, but I so was... That, so having those conversations, kind of, that was like your first inkling of, this is something that you really love. Yeah. Right? But this needs to be, you know... On a bigger podcast, scale. You know, yeah. we need to be recording these conversations. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And um, I want you to stay safe, stay cool. All right. Here we go. Bye. Tripping down here without reservations 
without knowing his destination. But now he's here, but not quite clear just what he will do. Some friends from habitable spaces said, Come on over to one of our places. So we jumped right into life on the farm. Hey, don't you fly too high. Everybody's got to have some time to cry. Hey, don't you fly too high. You'll find your place in the sky. Hey, don't you fly too high. Everybody's got to have some time to cry. Hey, don't you fly too high. You'll find your place in the sky. You'll find your place in the sky.